Kaplan, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. So, I've been getting a lot of mail, a lot of emails from my beloved listeners, and a lot of them uh, were uh, telling me how much they appreciated the amosexual episode, which I did enjoy. Here's uh, one of many, many emails that I got a kick out of. I'll just share with you. This is from Reggie regarding amosexual reveal. Hi, Evan. Funniest podcast ever. My father-in-law and I listened this morning and couldn't stop laughing. We both have had amosexual tendencies, and I finally felt the comfort to reveal to each other our own amosexualities, and it was so liberating. We decided to adopt the Mozambique war flag with the AKs as our symbol and flaunt our pride as flaming amosexuals. Best regards, Reggie. Hey, Reggie, I'm I'm glad I could help, and I understand just how much of a uh, relief it is to understand uh, our tendencies and to just come to terms with them, as uh, I've been happy to share with you. So thanks, man. appreciate all the... uh, email and everybody else that wrote that's great i also appreciate our sponsors of course which is the association of new jersey rifle and pistol clubs they're the state gun rights and nra affiliate for new jersey fighting for our rights both the courts and in trenton in the legislature and also we shoot which is a great target range down in lakewood you should definitely check out we shoot. It's very important to make sure you go to our ranges, and ranges are critical, so we have a place to shoot, and we can train and stay sharp. And we're going to talk more about what our great sponsors do in a bit. But I have another letter here, and this one is from Michael. And Michael says, regarding CC permit liability, CCW permit liability insurance. Okay, now, of course, I've mentioned it before, but I don't want to be a ball buster about it, but we don't have a CCW, although it does require us to be concealed uh, in New Jersey, but it's not a concealed carry weapon. What we actually have is a PT, a PTC, a permit to carry a handgun, but that's all right. Uh, I understand it's uh, kind of stuck in the ether there with our CCW stuff. I just received my CCW permit from Tom's River. Where can I get the CCW permit insurance that Governor Murphy requires by June? He actually requires it by July for a minimum of three hundred thousand. It seems New Jersey blocks firearm insurance companies issuing policies. So where can I get CCW permit liability insurance? I have no restrictions on my permit. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Mike, I do appreciate the letter. It's a good question, and the answer is you can't. You can't get it anywhere. Nobody has it. Nobody sells it. And the reason nobody has it, nobody sells it, is because insurance companies are interpreting the requirement as having to insure an intentional act. And insurance companies don't insure for intentional acts. They insure for accidents and negligence and that kind of thing. And so until we hear of an actual policy that is, say, approved by the attorney general, because then we could rely on it, and I'm going to tell you why, if the Attorney General ever actually says this is okay, we're going to get to why we could then rely on it, even though it may not even meet what the statute says, but if it gives his blessing, then we'd be okay, and I'll tell you about that. We're going to get into more detail about that. 
But that hasn't happened, you folks. It hasn't happened. And no major insurance company of any type that I'm aware of actually has a product that can be sold to meet this. I mean, if they had it, it would be out there. And I know that U.S. Law Shield would be happy to have members have it. I know that other folks would be advertising all over the place. And I have heard that some other companies try to claim that uh, you know, through your homeowners or an addendum, but it actually isn't meeting the bill of what is necessary. So uh, until, unless the attorney general gives a thumbs up for those things, we don't have anything available. doesn't exist. So if July comes around and the litigation brought by the association and other gun groups isn't successful in killing the insurance requirement, then it will be a felony-level offense to carry your gun with a carry permit without having the liability insurance that is unobtainable. So it will effectively kill concealed carry in New Jersey unless we can get that either knocked out as unconstitutional or somebody comes along and offers something that would actually meet the statutory requirements. But until then, oh well, wait and see. That's all we can do. And as soon as I hear of anything along those lines, believe me, I'm going to let my listeners know. Got another letter. This is from Sim regarding off-body carry. Is that like an out-of-body experience? No, here's what it says. Hello, I would like to start off by saying I'm a huge fan of the show, and thank you for being a fan of the show. And all the information you provide on the show, my question about today is off-body carry. My understanding is the new carry law requires a firearm to be on your person. Would a firearm in a cross-body bag slash fanny pack be considered on your person. Also, I was considering carrying in my gym bag. Would that be permissible? Thanks in advance. So here's the deal. If you actually look at the statute under NJS 2C58, and it's 4, and you go into the little subsections down where they have the uh, point .2 and point .4, etc., you will find there that it talks about a, how a holster is defined. So it has to be in a holster. This is very important that it is in a holster that meets the criteria for being a holster. And it does say on the person or about, on or about the person. It is, that language is used there, on or about. So what it means is, You either have to have your firearm, no matter what, in a holster. But if it's in a holster and it's within your direct control, your direct dominion and control. So if you have, for example, if you're a woman and you have a carry purse and the carry purse is, has a holster inside the purse and you're now, as long as it's a proper holster that covers the firearm, covers the trigger, secures it properly, meets the criteria for being a holster doesn't need to have a thumb break or a snap. That was gotten rid of by way of the association uh, lobbying in Trenton. We are able to get rid of the requirement to have a thumb break or a thumb snap or a strap. But it does have to completely secure the firearm. It has to cover the trigger guard, etc. If you have that holster in your purse and the purse is being held by you or directly on or about your person next to you. Same with a fanny pack. If it has a holster in the pack that meets the grade 
Most have a Velcro type holster that goes inside the purse or pack so that the gun doesn't just flop around in a purse or in a pack or a backpack, etc. There should be a separate <clears throat> holster within the bag. And then as long as that is on or about your person, then you're okay. But if you're in a car with such a thing, don't go put it in the back seat where it's not in your control. You know, it, make sure it stays directly about your person. And that's the key to New Jersey carry. Remember, you can only carry a maximum of two handguns. You cannot carry more than two. You can't go do the John Bianchi thing, you know, with 40 handguns all hidden around your body. Uh, you know, it reminds me of the joke, you know, after uh, he was stopped once by police and they end up, he ends up taking every gun out that he had, one on his, you know, 40 different guns all over the place. And finally, when there was a pile the size of a mountain in front of the officer, the officer says, listen, with all these guns, what are you afraid of? And he said, nothing, which makes sense. But uh, you can't do that. Two is your max gun. So that's the way to go with that. Now, what's uh, what I've been looking at lately, and I want to bring to your attention, is the... State police on their website, they have what is called a firearms information FAQ. Now, it's very interesting about the FAQ because it does have a lot of questions that are answered by the state police. And frankly, uh, some of them I may not completely agree with. But the reason I want to review it with you is because of something very interesting in New Jersey, and that is, I don't know how many of you are aware of this, but ignorance of the law in New Jersey is a defense. That's right. You've heard your whole life, ignorance of the law is no defense. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. Well, in New Jersey, it actually is an excuse. It's an actual defense in New Jersey, but it's not simply you sitting there and saying, I didn't know that. That isn't <clears throat> how it works. You can find the defense of ignorance or mistake under NJS 2C 2-4. And what ignorance or mistake says in the law <clears throat> is that ignorance or mistake as to a matter of fact or law is a defense if the defendant reasonably arrived at the conclusion underlying the mistake and it negatives the culpable mental state required to establish the offense, or the law provides that a state of mind established by such ignorance or mistake constitutes a defense. And a further explanation is in the law. This is a belief that conduct does not legally constitute an offense is a defense to a prosecution for that offense based upon conduct when, ready for this, folks, when the actor is in reasonable reliance upon an official statement of the law. And then it says, afterward, determined to be invalid or erroneous or contained in a statute, a judicial decision, opinion, judgment, or rule, an administrative order or grant of permission, or an official interpretation of the public officer or body charged by law with the responsibility for interpretation, administration, or enforcement of the 
law defining the offense. Ho, ho. Guess who's in charge of firearms in New Jersey? Well, that is the New Jersey State Police. And on their website, they have an FAQ. And that FAQ has a lot of interesting information. And the fact is, if you rely on that official statement, you could have a defense, if you need it, of ignorance or mistake of law, even if they are not correct. And so, of course, you have to reasonably uh, believe it, etc., things we've been talking about. But nonetheless, here's an official statement answering a number of questions that are very interesting and important to know. So we're going to review a number of these questions, and I'm going to talk to you about these uh, answers and what the state police say and things that you may find uh, very useful and uh, handy for dealing with some of these key questions that come up all the time. And you can point right away and say, hey, go right to the state police FAQ, and there's the answer from the source. And it is a bonus because it is a defense when you rely upon it so when we come back from the break we're going to go through these see you in a few for over 30 years attorney evan knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people that's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of america's gun owners a fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights justice and freedom an unrelenting gun rights spokesman, tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal, don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a lawyer. I am a lawyer. Welcome back to Gun Lawyer. I'm Evan Knappen. And I am thinking about a number of fascinating uh, subjects because it's never boring in New Jersey. There's always some craziness. And, you know, I uh, think about how much I uh, appreciate how our folks constantly fight in New Jersey, how we don't give up, how even though they uh, view us and mistreat us and even hate us, we have great organizations and there are folks out there that are just standing tall for the Second Amendment, and that, of course, includes sponsors of Gun Lawyer, the Association of Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, the NRA uh, affiliate for the state. They are the largest and strongest and 
uh, the number one gun rights defender in New Jersey, and you absolutely need to be a member. Please make sure you are a member of your state association. And, you know, you want to belong to other groups? Absolutely. There, there's no limit to things you can do in helping to fight for Second Amendment rights. But as a minimum, you need to belong to the association. They're there on the front lines fighting for our rights in the courts, litigating the carry killer anti-civil rights bill, litigating the assault firearm law, litigating the magazine ban, litigating outrageous and vague disqualifiers, all the attacks Murphy has placed on us, and they are battling it back. Plus, they're in Trenton lobbying and keeping an alert eye, and they let members know by email alert about important things so you can take action. They have a great newsletter, best newsletter on gun rights in New Jersey, and you'll be getting your copy as a member. So make sure you check out and join the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. That's anjrpc.org. Go to their website. You'll see a lot of resources. They have a great center of all the action alerts and archives of all kinds of very useful. And I go to it a lot. I use it all the time in my work even, and I know you'll appreciate it. Check out their website. And, of course, our dear friends at We Shoot. We Shoot is a uh, target range in Lakewood. Uh, we Shoot is just a fantastic range, and I would encourage all of you to visit We Shoot and join as a member. They're uh, very competitive in their rates. It is a beautiful place to shoot. And, you know, just looking at some people there, just to talk about some folks at We Shoot, uh, they have a uh, certified pistol instructor, Lance, at We Shoot, and he really is just an incredibly passionate guy in his firearm training. He's a former law enforcement officer, and uh, he just prioritizes on teaching firearm safety, marksmanship, getting the students comfortable with firearms. Let me tell you, Lance serves as uh, chief of his borough EMS squad. He's a firefighter teaches classes in CPR and advanced bleeding. And having a great guy like Lance there at We Shoot, he does private lessons. They're both informative and educational. He's got a talent for working with new shooters of all ages. He's received hundreds of positive Google reviews for his style, his personality, his patience. And he's even trained... Uh, young adults and folks as young as 10 years old. Lance is really set apart by some very interesting factors, such as he guarantees that new shooters will hit the bullseye at least once during their first class. That's how confident he is in his ability to teach marksmanship and make students feel comfortable with firearms. If you're interested in pursuing your carry permit, in New Jersey. Uh, Lance is an instructor for that. He's prepared hundreds of students for their qualification course, and he can guide you through every qualification, shooting, distance. You'll find out even more about his training and what Lance can offer you down at We Shoot. Go to We Shoot's website at We Shoot USA and check out the training tab at We Shoot USA, www.weshootusa.com, and um, 
If you're in Lakewood, make sure you stop by, introduce yourself to Lance, tell him he said hello, tell him you're a listener of uh, Gun Lawyer, and if you're wondering, he's there Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night, and he's also there Sunday afternoon as well. So that's just a little personal note about a great instructor that we shoot and the great facilities that are down there, and I know you'll appreciate having a, having a range and a contact and where to go. So let's take a look here at the State Police FAQ, which is kind of fascinating. It is, you simply go to the State Police website, go to Firearms Information, and click Firearms FAQ. Now there's a whole bunch of questions there, and it's, uh, there's some that just caught my attention. And one is they ask about how do you buy rifles and shotguns including BB, pellet, and black powder. And the state police explain how to do that because you, you know, need your firearm ID card, handgun purchase permit, and then they uh, ask the same about how do you buy handguns, including BB, pellet, and black powder handguns, and they talk about needing a pistol permit and about a firearms ID card. And that is all true if you're going to purchase within the state of New Jersey. However, if black powder firearms and air guns and BB guns are perfectly lawful under federal law to for non-residents to buy in other states, and if you're living or moving or visiting another state and that state does not have any state laws that are restricting BB guns or black powder guns or black powder or even antiques, then you can purchase in that other state's jurisdiction, under both federal and state law, your purchase and acquisition there is lawful, and you can bring those guns back to New Jersey, and you possess them by way of exemptions the same way that you would possess a handgun that you bought in New Jersey with a pistol purchase permit. And that's because registration only occurs on acquisition in New Jersey, and it is completely lawful to have unregistered handguns in New Jersey uh, and it is the reason why if you go and look at the form on the state police website for registration it says voluntary and that's because it is voluntary and the state police uh, make it clear that registration is voluntary the only mandatory registration other than on acquisition within New Jersey of handguns is for new residents. Anyone who has the misfortune of having to become a New Jersey resident must register uh, their firearms within 60 days of coming to New Jersey. And uh, in that time, before they're able to register, they have to first get a firearms ID card to do that. So good luck with getting all that done. But uh, their website, unfortunately, hasn't been updated on the state police about registration because uh, they do say that registration is uh, voluntary and they make a point about it, but they haven't updated it yet regarding the new resident requirement. So that's something they uh, should do. But if you're a resident, it doesn't affect you. It's not a problem. They have an interesting question here about, can I transport my firearm on a motorcycle to the range? Now, that's a question I've been asked, too, and the state police do say yes. Uh, however, they said you must, uh, must be carried in the same manner as directed above, which is essentially uh, subsection G of NGS 239-6, which, of course, is the, in a closed and fastened case 
in a or in a uh, uh, a gun box or in a securely tied wrapper or in the trunk. They're not going to have a trunk on a motor vehicle, uh, a motorcycle. Not going to have a trunk. But it, they say in the state police FAQ, quote, a motorcycle with lockable bags is preferable. However, saddlebags or a backpack may be utilized with unloaded firearms in a locked container. So there you have the official uh, statement by the state police on how to transport on a motorcycle. And you see that can have great value when you know about these FAQs and answers to questions like that. Now, if you look at what is question 11, they say, I've moved to New Jersey from another state. May I continue to possess my firearms? And they say, uh, yes, if you've legally acquired them and you're legal to possess and may be brought to New Jersey, which is true. However, it says the owner may voluntarily register them, and that's no longer voluntary. Under Murphy's law, uh, moving to New Jersey now requires you to register. So that really should be updated. Uh, they get into uh, many other things about hollow points, which we've discussed, and they talk about you know, large capacity magazine and try to do a condensed version of a salt farm. But here's a question that comes up frequently, and it's interesting, and it says, I was given a pistol years ago from a family member or friend, and I do not know if it was transferred properly. How do I get the firearm in my name legally? And they say to take legal possession of a firearm, you must take it to a licensed firearm dealer in New Jersey and request that the firearm be transferred back to you after all the proper federal and state paperwork is completed and a national background check. And for a pistol, you must first obtain a pistol purchase permit. Now, let me just say here, I know that's what they're saying, but actually, I disagree. I respectfully disagree. Because the, perm the pistol, if it was given years ago, and if it was over five years ago, then the statute of limitations was five years, even assuming it was an unlawful acquisition. Now the only legal question is, is your possession lawful? And the possession is determined by exemptions. And under NJS 2C396E, possession in your home is lawful. So uh, going to try to do this contorted registration thing back to the dealer and all this stuff, why? Um, you know, this is, uh, it, it's not, you can't unring the bell of the unlawful acquisition to begin with. And now that that question, if years have gone by and has passed the statute of limitation on that specific offense, then the only question remains, is your possession legal? And possession is regulated by exemptions, as we've discussed on the show. And here's another question there. Have I, I've sold several firearms over the years and would like to know if they are still registered with me in the state. And to that question, uh, they their answer, as far as I know, is absolutely correct. The registration, though, is for acquisition. So that acquisition registration doesn't go away unless it's sold to another pistol purchase permit holder and they eventually somehow merge the data and can realize that that gun is now acquired by somebody else, which there are plenty where that doesn't happen. And if you sell it to a dealer as opposed to another pistol purchase permit holder, then it just looks like it's in your name, even though it isn't. And I had a case on this very thing where my client was uh, arrested 
because of an alleged contempt of a restraining order where they believed he had 14 handguns that weren't turned over because it listed as registered to him. But those were just acquisitions over 20 years of which he had traded them into dealers and such. And uh, they were still coming up like they were his, but that was a misinterpretation of the registration because all it registers is the acquisition at the moment you acquire it. Five minutes later, you could go to another dealer and sell it to that dealer, and it doesn't get unregistered to you. It is an acquisition registration only. And in that case, even he was being held in, in, in jail, and he was being held in, on the contempt, and the only way they'd release him is if he turned in guns that he didn't have. And he had sat there 90 days in jail, not my client, until he hired me after 90 days. And when he hired me, I'm like, this is outrageous because they're holding you for guns you don't have. And so I went to dealers where he believed that he had sold them. And the dealers, who all know me, were nice enough to actually pull the records. Now, it wasn't necessary for me to pull the records because I shouldn't be relying on these acquisition registrations and claiming a continued possession. But it didn't matter. I figured, you know what? I just want to get them out. And if I can get the data from the dealers where he showed they had disposed of them. And I was able to account for all of his handguns except one. Now, I shouldn't have to account for any of them, like I said. But I was able to get all of them except for one. And I go on motion to the judge that he needs to be let out. I show all the guns and how they'd been transferred. And the prosecutor had the nerve to go, well, what about the last one? Again, not even an obligation that I should even have. But what about the last one? Well, I had some news for the prosecutor on that. You know what he did with the last one? He turned it in at your county's buyback with no questions asked, no paperwork, no nothing. So if you want to know where that one is, go through your records, which I'm sure you didn't even keep, and you'll find it. That was how outrageous that was. And that's how messed up New Jersey's registration system is. It's not a registration system for possession. It's a registration system for acquisition unless you're a new resident. Then you're separated from residents and everybody else and discriminated against because you have to have actual gun registration on you. Then there's a question, and this is one that frequently comes up. Can I ship a firearm to anyone? And they said, no, but they do say you may only ship a firearm to a federal licensed dealer for sale or repair. And then they tell you to verify the dealer. Now, here's the thing. How are you going to ship to this dealer? That means you're going to transport it to like FedEx or transport it to UPS I miss the exemption that lets you transport your gun to those places. Now, I love that the state police say you can ship it. They don't exactly explain how. Uh, my advice is go to the dealer and go dealer to dealer. Don't go shipping and transporting to places where there's no exemption for you to possess. But, of course, here's a defense of ignorance or mistake of law, I guess, where they're saying you can do this. But it's really a bit dangerous frankly now there's one question here that says i live in another state but also maintain a house in new jersey can i apply for a pistol purchase permit or firearms id card and they say yes and they say you can be considered a dual resident 
if you can show residency here in New Jersey. And I would compliment them on that because that is true. And dual residency works both ways. You can also live in New Jersey and have dual residency in another state. And during the time that you're a resident of the other state, say during the summer months or weekends when you're residing at the other state, under federal law, you're a resident of that other state. And you can acquire firearms in that other state. And if those laws are much more fair and respectful of the Second Amendment, you can acquire guns in that other state. And then you can bring them back to your home in New Jersey, lawfully acquired in another state because of dual residency. And here the state police also recognize dual residency for purposes of individuals in New Jersey who want to do it in reverse. And that is true, and it is recognized under the CFR, under federal law. Here's a neat one that I like on, the, on their FAQ, you may appreciate. I found a gun in the home storage unit I purchased. What can I do? Can I keep it? Oh, found gun. That's always a nice thing. And they say, of course, if you don't wish to keep it, you can essentially voluntarily surrender. It says, however, if you decide to keep the firearm, provided it's New Jersey compliant, not an assault weapon, it may be kept, sold, or destroyed according to NJSA 2A18-72, disposal of remaining personal property abandoned by tenant. To properly register a found pistol, the firearm should be turned over to a licensed gun dealer in New Jersey, and you must obtain a pistol purchase permit. Okay, well, there we go again. You know, where does that come from? But I think it's interesting that they're relying on uh, 2A1872 regarding disposal of remaining personal property abandoned by a tenant. And this seems, I looked up this statute, and it applies to a landlord or commercial or residential property may dispose of tangible goods, chattels manufactured, or mobile homes or other personal property left on a premises by a tenant after giving notice, etc. And I guess apparently um, they are applying that as well to firearms in the state police FAQ, which may become something of an advantage for folks if, uh, I guess, if your tenant leaves their gun collection behind or something like that. There you go. Here's a good one there that comes up frequently. Are airsoft firearms, are airsoft firearms, that's a question 24, and they say no. They're considered to be toys in New Jersey. The plastic pellet ammunition utilized for an airsoft contains a hollow cavity, which do not conform to a solid projectile. So that's very interesting, and that's actually useful. And I, you'd be surprised how many times I've gotten airsoft gun cases where individuals are charged with possession of a firearm because traditional BB and pellet guns are firearms, and prosecutors and such, even law enforcement, don't realize that airsoft are not traditional BB or air pellet guns. They're airsoft, and therefore they're not firearms, and therefore it's false charges. And we see this come up a lot with juveniles, particularly because... Airsofts are fun to play with, and they are viewed and considered to be uh, toys. And it says it right on the state police website on their FAQ. So if that's ever questioned, there's a spot you can point to right away with an official statement by the state police about what airsofts are. Then the last question there is an interesting one. They said, are tasers legal? Can I carry one? Now, that's their actual question. 
are tasers legal? Can I carry one? And their answer is yes, period. So it's yes to two questions. And then it talks about the memorandum from the attorney general where it said uh, about stun guns are legal for sale and possession with only two restrictions. You must be 18 and you must not be a prohibited person. Now, the thing is, that memorandum does not expressly discuss carry, and there's been some problems with that because of the remaining prohibition for tasers and stun guns that was left in the memorandum of NJS 2C 39-5D, which is other weapons, where it talks about the manifest lawful purpose as to why you have a weapon, and many folks would say, well, I have it for self-defense. That's my lawful purpose. Yet the courts have expressly rejected that, first with the Kelly decision, and then subsequently they narrowed it, but still rejected it under Kelly, I mean under Montalvo. And in Montalvo, the court said, uh, you can preemptively arm yourself for self-defense in your home, but not outside your home. So the question then was, well, taser a stun gun carry outside your home under the case law would still subject you to a problem under that other weapons possession charge. However, now that the Bruin decision has been put out there by the great Justice Thomas, Bruin has made it clear that the Second Amendment applies to carry in public for self-defense. So I think New Jersey's law that uh, case law uh, needs to now take yet another step and say, look, you can preemptively arm yourself for self-defense in New Jersey. It doesn't just end at the threshold of your house. It goes out to the public. That is the essence of Bruin. Now, we don't have a case yet that has interpreted New Jersey's law in that way, but I think there's a really strong constitutional argument and you have an affirmative statement here by the state police where the question is, are tasers legal? Question mark. Can I carry one? Question mark. And then it's yes, period. So it seems that they're saying that it's yes, even though the case law seemed contradictory. But I think Bruin gives a strong constitutional premise now regarding tasers and stun guns. However, if you do choose to carry them, you might be the test case. Uh, and uh, that could still subject you to having to be the fighter that gets that case law uh, changed. I don't think you want to be that person, but some people uh, uh, want to take that chance and they realize that uh, it, it is uh, something more important to them and their belief in what is right and the principle but then again, I can't necessarily advise anyone to just do it until we get some official guidance or a case that finally says, yeah, the NJS-2C, 39.5D, other weapons, that self-defense counts outside the home as well as inside the home. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals, they protect criminals from honest citizens.
Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.